What's up, everybody? Welcome back to my podcast, episode two. And yes, we have gotten a name finally <laughs> after that first episode. Credit to cousin Nikki Arms with the behind the scenes action. Welcome to Disgruntled Fans Anonymous. As we know in New York, you know, even when you're winning, there's something to be disgruntled about. Every fan base. So I want everybody to come here, listen, you know, air the grievances wherever way you want, DMs, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. And you know, we're just gonna talk about what friggin' pisses us off. You know, what makes us what makes us look to the sky and ask for answers every day? And uh, I want to start this uh, episode. You know, we're going to have a couple guests today. Um, you know, some my so-called experts. You know, and when I think of an expert, you know, I watch guys on TV like, I'd say, you know, Stephen A. Smith or, uh, you know, Max Kellerman, that crew, or any channel you really watch. And, you know, there's certain things that make you an expert. You know, if you play the game, you're certainly an expert in that sport per se. If you covered the game for a long time, you definitely know more ins and outs than some fans, I'd say. But if you're a fan, and you know I'm a fan, you know basically everyone listening here is a fan, and you watch the game for twenty, you know, twenty five, thirty, forty years, you know I consider you a so called expert because you watch this game, you give your life to it, you pay to whatever game it is, football, baseball, hockey. You're so invested that, you know what, you do know more than some of these experts. You know, uh, you watch Stephen A. Smith, I don't know if anybody saw this, but during the, what was it, the Final Four, or no, the first round, he's talking about Hunter Henry playing when the guy has like a, a broken ankle or something, he's not even playing the game, he's talking about guys, uh, Tom Bahali and guys who aren't even playing for the Chiefs, they're not even on the Chiefs anymore, this guy's on TV getting millions of dollars, he don't even know who the fuck's playing these games, and he's an expert? A pretty big game yesterday on TV, if you didn't uh, catch it, if you were living in a cave or something, maybe. Uh, it's called the Super Bowl. And uh, maybe one of the... Well, I mean, you know what? I'm more of an old-school football type of guy. I mean, obviously, I love the scoring, but I don't mind the defensive battle. Like, honestly, I wish football would be, you know, more lean toward defense a little bit more. It's a little crazy, you know. The penalties just drive me crazy. We'll, we'll get into that one day about all that. Uh, but, so, we'll get some thoughts on the game yesterday. Uh, never did I think the Rams would have a chance. Uh, not even just during the game. I mean, like, in general. Uh, being a Jeff fan and just watching these guys every year. Seeing them two games a year, but also, you know, keeping an eye on them. Seeing what's going to go on with the division. I mean, not like we ever have a shot. But just watching Brady and Belichick. First of all, this whole ludicrous idea that they were the underdog this year is such a joke that I can't even, I don't even want to, like, I have people that come in my store, a lot of Patriot fans, obviously, because they're all freaking a bunch of, bunch of fucking horse riding back assholes, I don't even know what the word is, but they're fucking, they just ride them so hard, the Patriots, can't stand them, and they're trying to tell me that they were underdogs, nobody believed them this year, okay, maybe people didn't believe that, you know, you're not the Patriots of old, or that you are... On the downtrend, nobody said that the Patriots are friggin' terrible, that they're not going to the... Nobody thought the Patriots were an underdog. So no matter what they say, they can use that for themselves because they want to feel like, oh, all right, you know what, we're the underdogs, we have something to talk about, we have uh, bulletin board material. That's bullshit. That's to make their fans get happy because their, their fans are winning so much. They don't they they don't get a first down. They start booing them at home. They got the worst fan base. I don't care what anybody says. And then all they got to do, oh oh my, let's make videos about how how bad how how everyone hates on us. Stephen A. Smith, Kellerman, Francesca. They all said we're not gonna make. No, it's not normal what you guys are doing. So of course people are gonna say every year they're gonna say this is the year, is this year, and every year people have been wrong. But to say you're an underdog is a joke. Show by the line on the Super Bowl. They were started at minus one and a half. They ended up at three points. Never were you an underdog in any of those games. I don't give a shit. As long as Brady and Belichick are there, people need to realize they're not going anywhere. I hate to say it. I I prayed all night that I would just see Brady go, I'm retiring after the game. But we already knew that wasn't happening. Maybe Gronkowski. Belichick, that ain't happening either. So until those guys are gone, they're not an underdog. So cut the shit. All right? They're not the underdog. That's some BS that the media, maybe I guess Boston media is making up. I don't know who, who's right with that. Because I do see on TV, like, ex-players and stuff, they know. They're like, you're stupid. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. You're not an underdog. Okay? That system, 
that team, they play the same way, and teams still do not know what they're doing. When all of us are watching TV, we know that Brady's going to throw that freaking three-yard out to the sideline to fucking Rex Burkhead or Edelman or whoever else they got off the scrap heat over there. And every time they connect five-yard pass, three-yard run up ahead. Oh, what's the next play? Gronk up the middle seam, throws it over everybody's head to Gronk. It's the same place, literally the same place. Just not coverable. Can't guard it. Can't guard it. Because Brady, let's be real, I can't stand the guy. He's the GOAT. He's the best of all time. He gets rid of the ball in like a half a second. The guy's unbelievable. But the whole other dog thing is a bullshit. And people, and he can warm himself up to all these people. Listen, I got family members that are Jet fans that are like, oh, Brady, I love Brady. Oh, come kiss his ass. I think they'd rather see Brady win a Super Bowl than the Jets win a Super Bowl. And he makes these, oh, he's so cool. Look at him, he makes these videos. Who gives a shit? Who cares, bro? He's 42, retire. Like, do us a favor. Like, it's not fun to watch you anymore. Like, okay, we get it. Like, you're the greatest dynasty ever. But, like, if people aren't trying to tell me they're excited to see the Patriots play Super Bowls, give me a fucking break. Okay, it's exhausting. I do not want to see you play Super Bowls anymore. I'm tired of it. Give us a chance. Give somebody else a chance to win a Super Bowl. Or, and I that, Brandon Marshall once said, I think it was on Showtime, it's a joke. Like, the league should be embarrassed that there's not one team. Like, there's nobody out there just like, we're going to beat them today. Like, that you making an effort that this season we are not allowing the Patriots to get there. Like, nobody does that. It's a freaking joke. So, so with the underdog shit, that's bullshit. The second thing I want to get into about the Super Bowl yesterday. Well, I guess let's talk about, you know, defensive game. The Rams defense came to play. That's basically what they paid for in the offseason with Sue and, you know, getting fouled and all these guys. They really didn't show up all year. Even Marcus Peters. I think Marcus Peters had the best game of his uh, of his season yesterday, for sure. Uh, he was all over everybody covered. Uh, I don't remember if he had that pick, if that was his pick. Uh, that ball Brady threw was a, a duck. I don't know where, I don't know what the hell he was doing on that first one. He did not have the best game, obviously, Brady. But, uh, you know, he still got it done when he had to. Marcus Peters played great. Uh, I think, you know, the defensive line played really well. They got to Brady a lot. That offense is, was terrible yesterday, man. And the Rams were 11th most scoring offense in the history of football. Believe that? 11th highest scoring offense in the history of football. And they look like, honestly, McVeigh said it right after the game. He got out coached completely. You know, Belichick schooled him. He didn't make any adjustments. He kept, literally, I didn't even see them. I don't think they spread the formation out one time to like four or five receivers. I didn't see it the whole game. They just kept like that bunch formation running that like jet sweep thing. So, one, McVeigh, like basically, like, didn't know what he was doing. Goff looked like a freaking deer in the headlights. And I really don't think Jared Goff's that good. I also don't think he's, like, that terrible everybody's saying. It's just one game. But there was plays that he had guys open. He, like, literally would just fall to the ground take a sack. Terrible. Like, it's a Super Bowl, bro. Like, wake the fuck up. But the main thing for the Rams is Todd Gurley. Listen, I don't give a crap what they say. Todd Gurley has a knee injury. He was obviously limping. He's riding the bike every two minutes. He's trying to get loose. So obviously, it's either a muscle injury or maybe I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I make pizzas. I, you know, I don't. Uh, I don't check knees, but I can tell with my own eyes that there's something wrong when you're the number one back in football or top three back in football, and you're not getting any carries and players. You got 500 pounds. CJ Anderson getting the ball as if it's like 10 years ago. Obviously, there was something wrong with Todd Gurley. You know, I thought maybe the two weeks, the week off would help him. Uh, I mean, I even took a freaking prop bet on him. To get three touchdowns. I don't even think he got three carries. But uh, obviously not have him hurt them. I mean, if Todd Gurley was completely healthy, it's a completely different game. Like, they threw the ball at one time. I mean, how are you going to come out and say that the guy's healthy? It's literally like, it is impossible that he's healthy. Because it's either, if he's healthy, that means he literally hit like a like a Chuck Knoblock. He like can't throw the ball anymore. He can't run the ball anymore. Because there's something wrong with him. So, expect, you know, a week or two we'll hear... Knees, you know, he got his knee scoped out or some bullshit when it's probably like a torn meniscus or it's got to be a muscle tear or something. But obviously, Todd Gurley was not all there. And that really hurt them. You know, not having Cooper Cup hurt them. I mean, they got to where they were without him, but that guy would have been good against the Patriots to help them out. That's like the Edelman. Todd Gurley, just, uh, I don't know, man. And then you have like, you know, Reynolds really didn't do nothing. The tight end didn't do nothing. Brandon Cooks was all right. I mean, that one ball, that, that bomb in the end zone where he was open, I mean, that wasn't a great pass, and McCourty made a great play. But that, I mean, to me, a great receiver, that last pass for the touchdown to, I think, tie it before the pick, you got to make that catch. I mean, I know there's two receivers on you, but that ball's in your hand. You got to catch that ball. 
And not only because I had a prop bet for you to score the first touchdown for the Rams for a lot of money, but you have to catch the ball. <laughs> you got to make that catch. So he, he was all right. I mean, is he a top flight receiver? I don't know. So many receivers in the league. I mean, is he top 30, top 20? We'll see what the fantasy rankings are next year, but it's another guy. So basically, you know, I mean, the offensive line played bad. Not as bad as you would think, though, because Goff was holding the ball so long, they were getting to him. Listen, Belichick drew up an unbelievable plan. And uh, that new coach, Flores, I don't know how much he had to do with it, but they really just, like, the game fits all night, and they dominated. And, I mean, they didn't play the best game, but they still won with 13 points. So that's what happened with them. And then the other uh, thing coming out of this game is, you know, Edelman won the MVP. And I really didn't think, I mean, I'll be honest, after the game ended, or before, right before the game was ending, I did not think, you know, I just kept saying to people at the party I was at, you know, who do you think won the MVP in this game? And honestly, I would, at the moment, I said, I said Gronk. I mean, I didn't realize what, you know, how many catches Edelman had and stuff. I thought it was Gronk because Gronk had like three of the biggest catches in the game. And that one catch... You know, to get them to the goal line for Sony Michelle to score, that was the biggest catch of the game. So, I personally, I mean, there wasn't any offense in the game. So, what are you going to give it to a guy who ran two yard touchdown? No. I mean, yeah, he caught a lot of balls at him in, but he didn't score a touchdown in a game that they scored one touchdown. You know, they dick and dunk shit all game. So, I, don't know, I thought it was Gronk, but then after the game was over, and thinking about it a little bit more, honestly, I thought, I really thought Stefan Gilmore deserved it. I mean, I know they, like, hate giving it defenders, but, I mean, he had a pick. I think he had a, fumble, a forced fumble, and he had, like, five tackles, four or five tackles. He had a great game. And you're, the MVP is supposed to be the guy, the most valuable player of that game, correct? And, I mean, Edelman was, yeah, he was valuable in the passing game, but he didn't directly get them to win that game. That pick won them the game. Like, Stephon Gilmore's play single-handedly won them the game. So, I don't know, I thought it's not a big deal, obviously. I mean, when you get a car, you can do it in Disney World. But just shows you how, how big of a, a draw is Edelman that he won the MVP and Brady still had to go to Disney World with him. <laughs> he doesn't get the heat. Brady's holding his hand in Disney World on the roller coasters because they, he's, a born, uh, he's a boring man, that Edelman. I could say a lot worse about him, but I want to get into him about this real quick. The other thing coming out of this, you know, Adam Schefter tweeted this that, you know, with this MVP – Edelman solidified his. I think he's. I don't know if he said his his bust in the in the Canton Hall of Fame or his credentials, but that is that is the biggest joke. I mean, I can't even think of something. That's a joke. Like for I understand you want to like ride the Patriots' ass, bro, and like get their like scoops and have Edelman text you and stuff. But for Adam Schefter to say that, and then Bleacher Report tried to like pony off that. Any person with a brain, no, listen. With a brain, knows that Julian Edelman is not a Hall of Famer. The Hall of Fame is for the best of the best. Isaac Bruce didn't even get into the Hall of Fame yet. He's one of the best receivers of all time. Look it up. His stats are unbelievable. Terrell Owens waited three years. You think Julian Edelman is going to... Bro, his statistics are terrible. Yes, he has unbelievable statistics in the playoffs. Is he a clutch performer? Yes. Is he gritty? Yes. Is he on a dynasty that's been the eighth straight... Play uh conference championships, yeah, he's on a great team. Other players, there's been other okay mediocre receivers. I'm not saying mediocre; he's a little better than mediocre. But there's been other receivers that've been on great teams that have gone to the playoffs tons of times. They show if you look at his statistics, yeah, he's number two by Jerry Rice. But Jerry Rice has some of the biggest numbers in regular season football: most touchdowns, most catches, most yards. Animals not even close. He doesn't even sniff the top 50, they said. I want to read you these statistics. They, they did it on TV today. I think it was on Fox Sports. They put a, a graphic up of somebody that you couldn't see who he is. And he had Edelman. So it says NFL career, including playoffs. Edelman, his receptions are 624 receptions, right? He has sixty-eight, a little bit more than 6,800 yards. He's got 35 touchdowns and three Super Bowl wins. Okay, That's his career, including the playoffs. Now, this other guy, his stats are similar, maybe even better. So this guy... If you're looking at it, should be a Hall of Famer too. 582 receptions, so he's got about 30 less. He's got 7,500, a little less than 7,600 yards. So he's got almost, you know, 800 more yards than him. 43 touchdowns, got more touchdowns, and he's got two Super Bowl wins. So if you look at the statistics, correct? You're saying Edelman's a Hall of Famer. That means this guy should be a Hall of Famer, right? Who do you think that guy was? Oh, guess what? He played for the Patriots. Deion Branch. Is Deion Branch a Hall of Famer? No. 
Why is he? Why is he considered a Hall of Famer, Edelman? And Branch isn't. Oh, because his personality. Oh, he's gritty. Because he got a big beard. Oh, he he kisses Tom's ass. And y'all want to make you the best. That doesn't mean shit. Hall of Fame is for the best of the best. Okay, it's not your personality, your social media IQ. Okay, another guy they were talking about today. Uh, it was on the radio they were talking about. Same, almost same receptions, more yards, a little less touchdowns, and he has two Super Bowl rings. You know who it was? Ricky Prohl. What, are you kidding me? Is he a Hall of Famer? Another guy that has almost the same statistics, Brandon Stokely. Is that guy a Hall of Famer? No. Guess what? These guys all have in common. They're the same type of receivers. They're all the the new generation in the last 15 years is that slot receiver. The game has changed completely. Slot receiver should be considered Hall of Fame. To me, Wes Welker, I think Wes Welker, I think he might even be a Hall of Famer. I don't really know statistics, but I look at it as I look at baseball. What do I think of that guy? Does it come up to be Hall of Famer? Julian Edelman, to me, does not come up as Hall of Famer. You know, if you play fantasy football and you look at the fantasy and statistics, there's some years that Julian Edelman, you wouldn't even know he was playing. He wouldn't even be on a team. He'd be a free agent. That's how bad he's been in the regular season. His statistics are not that good. Not that good. They're not even close to that that good. They're not even, you shouldn't even talk about them. That's how bad they are. And I just think that the media, like, obviously, listen, the people who vote for Hall of Fame are actual Hall of Famers. There have been guys that are on TV talking about, talking about, uh, you know, his candidacy, other football players. They're saying, listen, it's a joke. It's not going to happen. He's nowhere close. He's nowhere close. So, is the media really that desperate to like anoint somebody a Hall of Famer? Do they not understand what Hall of Fame means? I just that bugs it just bugs the shit out of me. Probably because I hate the Patriots. You know, I don't think Edelman is a. I think he's gritty, but I also think that he gets away with a lot of dirty shit. He's a dirty player, I think, and people just use like, "Oh, you're gritty," you know, like all that bullshit because he kisses, like I said, kisses Tom's ass. And I also think you know he got suspended for steroids. People forget that, so he's a juicer. It's a lot of different things about him, you know. I don't agree with it at all. And uh, he got, you know, he's lucky to be on the Patriots. I want to f- read you some of these stats, okay? You tell me that this guy's a Hall of Famer, right? He's played nine NFL seasons since he was drafted in the seventh round, okay? He has never been named to an All-Pro. Never an All-Pro. That's like, forget Pro Bowls, which he also has been never named to a Pro Bowl. That's probably because he's been in the Super Bowl every year, but he's never been named. All pro is like the number one thing for you when you get to the Hall of Fame. That has shows like your fellow peers vote you in. He, okay, twice in nine seasons, he's topped a thousand yards. Two times. Only one time did he exceed a hundred catches. Are we, am I taking crazy pills? He was a quarterback in college. He's never finished in the top 10 in receiving yards in a season. Take your stupid-ass fucking comments about Hall of Fame and seriously shove up your ass because you are the dumbest people on earth. If you watch football and you think because a guy is flashy in front of a camera and, and he makes it a Super Bowl year because he's on a good team with the best quarterback of all time, he's in the Hall of Fame, that's a joke. Give me a break. Okay, Danny Amendola. He, Tom Brady made him look amazing too. You know? Come on. No way. That's just something, I know it's not a big deal, but it's something stupid that bugs the shit out of me. And that, for me, is just like patriot, ass-kissing. It's like nonstop. And like, really, oh, we, oh, oh, they say, okay, the Patriots are a dynasty now. Shouldn't we start getting some Patriots into the Hall of Fame? Honestly, uh, I mean, not really. The reason the Patriots are so good are two guys. It's Bill Belichick and it's Tom Brady. And to me, Bill Belichick, without Bill Belichick, none of it happens. Brady, yeah, he's the GOAT. But Belichick, if you look at those Super Bowls, every Super Bowl's been close. The offense has not played great in most of those Super Bowls. The defense is the thing that always wins wins it for them. The first Rams Super Bowl, the defense was unbelievable. The greatest show on turf shut them down. This Super Bowl, he was unbelievable. I mean, what he did to the Rams, like I said, 11th scoring in history. And he's had Super Bowls where, you know, he's lost too. But even Seattle, he had a good Super Bowl defensive calls in that one. And, you know, the only time the offense really exploded, what was that, the Atlanta-New England one, when the second half they exploded. And the defense in the second half shut them down. They don't let Atlanta do anything. So, my view on the Super Bowl is same old shit. <sighs> Exhausted of it. You know, didn't win any boxes, obviously. And I just think that hopefully next year when the season comes around, you know, Jets or Giants, somebody, please, just not these, take them out. It's not, it's not humanly possible to be this old, to be, this, to be doing what he's doing. It's, it's really crazy. And to think Edelman's doing that TB12 theory, 
You know, he got busted for steroids. I'm not saying Brady's taking steroids. I'm just saying, you know, and same thing with Gronk. You know, Gronk's looking to retire now. And there was a new report yesterday that said the Patriots think that Gronk, the reason he's so hurt is because he stopped doing the training they told him. And he started doing TB12. And he's a little too fragile, a little too light. Can't take the hits. He's got a lot more injuries this year. So I was kind of throwing him under the bus a little bit. But who knows? Maybe a little, maybe a little uh, trouble in Patriot land there. That's like... The inner Jeff enemy praying that happens. All right, we're back. Like I said, my first guest, we got my cousin Dom, the Dominator. What's going on? Welcome. Thank you for having me. What's up, bro? What's going on, man? It's been a crazy weekend of sports. That's for sure, bro. Like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, other than the Super Bowl, we have nothing else. But, like, the Knicks and, like, we have baseball coming up. So, just wanted to get you on, you know, see what you think about uh, what's going on with, this, with uh, the Knicks. What do you think? Well, wait. So, we, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. You said you want to start with the Mets? Yeah, we're talking a little Mets. So, we got the season coming up. I think next week is uh, was next week's pitch and catches, right? I think I saw Thor's down there already, too. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, as a Mets fan, I feel like we're always excited. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, I think it was a kind of a good off season. They um, they attacked the bullpen, which was much needed. For sure. Getting Diaz, and I definitely I like bringing Familia back. Yeah, you um, like Familia coming back? Yeah, I do. I think he was good where we had him. Um, he definitely has proven himself in the past, and I yeah. think putting him in that seventh, eighth inning role just, um, just what's the word? You know, bro. Yeah, he's he gets in there, he does a job, but bro, the fucking World Series games. Exactly. I mean, we think about that, we're like, I don't know, bro. Like that's what worries me. Like, we wor- know familiar. Yes, very true. But also now he's not going to be the ninth inning guy, so he's not going to have the opportunity to blow the games no more. Yeah. So, yeah, sure, yeah. So you, so, so you get a guy like Diaz to control the ninth inning. You mm-hmm. got familiar for the eighth inning. You know, they just signed the le- uh, specialty lefty last week. Yeah, from the Cubs, yeah. What's his name, Wilson, I think it is? From the yes, Cubs? Wilson. So yeah, it yeah. definitely just strengthens the team as uh, aspect, both yeah. Especially when DeGrom and something like they're not pressured to go eight innings every game now. Yeah, I know. Yo, they said today, I was looking at, uh, they were saying how, like, the Mets don't know if they want to extend Wheeler. It's like, bro, fuck, they're thinking about Wheeler for, like, <laughs> to do it to Crown first. <laughs> like, oh, well, guys, you yeah. want to Cy Young. You know, it's crazy. I was I was watching um, the 2016 uh, amazing finishes for the oh, Mets yeah, before yeah, yeah. SNY, and just going back to that's when they made. I think that's when they made the wild card that year. But the yeah. prior year, when they went to the World Series, mm-hmm. everyone was just looking forward to when we had Harvey and Degrom, yeah, and regard Matt and Wheeler. But now it's like we fast forward now to 2019. Out of all those five pitchers, it's really just Degrom and, and Thor, not and not a healthy Thor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's just crazy how everything panned out over the last four years. But um, you always got to be confident with having DeGrom in Syndergaard. Oh, DeGrom for sure, bro. He's a freaking – he's a monster. He's a monster. Hopefully they can sign him for sure. Yeah, I think they're going to do it. You know what I think – dude, you know what's like weird? Like when it comes to like Thor, like he has his stuff obviously. But like it's like he's been hurt a couple times. And they haven't been serious injuries. But everyone like looks at it like, oh, this guy's like damaged goods. But he's not damaged goods. He's had two injuries that really aren't baseball injuries. You know, he had like stupid injuries. Agreed. I totally agree. And I also think that like – um, Syndergaard loves the spotlight, which oh, yeah. was for the injuries. For sure. So, whether like DeGrom kind of gets that calm, cool, collected. He's the know. man. Oh, he's exactly. the man, bro. Like, he, Thor's like Harvey, but like puts up, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he like doesn't go out. I mean, he probably doesn't go out. I don't know. <laughs> you see him in like tablets all the time. <laughs> <laughs> His is running like that podcast now, but like, he like does the job. But you know what? They got like Vargas last year. He sucks, dude. They need another pitcher. Horrible. Horrible. They're talking, I think they're talking to like Gio Gonzalez, maybe. Which he would might be a great pickup. Which would be a great sign. Just because I think, I personally think that Matt's like the better John Neese. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, John Neese, that Schnoz. Yeah. Schnoz exactly. <laughs> like, Matt is good when he's on, but when he's off, he, he's only good for two, three innings. That's yeah. it. You know, he doesn't really give you that six innings, two runs. That's really, you know. And they always say, too, yeah, they always say, too, about him, like, uh, you know what they always say about lefties? Oh, lefties eat longer. Like, you don't give up on lefties. But, like, 
How long do you need? You're fucking 28 years old. Exactly. Exactly. And that's where I was going back to from 2015 when we made the World Series. Yeah. Everyone was like, we can't wait for these five guys. Now, you know, four years later, you really see who's there, who's not there. Yeah, but Dom, you know, we knew, like, in 2015, like, when everybody was talking about all five guys, we, like, knew that, like, that wasn't panning out. We were uh, like, no. there's got to be one. Like, only well, one. Well, well and I, it was Harvey. It was yeah. Harvey. Yeah, true. It was yeah, Harvey. but then you know what happened with him, though, you know? But who, who would have thought DeGrom would be this good? Well, after that Dodgers game, like, honestly, like, after the first game where he pitched against the Dodgers, he, like, had to get, like, 12 strikers. He dominated. And then he had that, was it game five, I think it was, where he didn't pitch that. He didn't have his best stuff, but he held them for, like, seven innings. Oh, 100%. That's what I knew. He had, like, balls. And then Syndergaard came in, like, eighth inning and struck out, who was yes. it, like, Turner or somebody? Oh, it was yes, a big ball. Yes. Well, that, that's the difference with DeGrom, I feel like. Even when he's off. He's still gonna give you seven innings. Oh yeah, a good ball. Oh, that's that's the elite pitchers. That's 100%. Scherzer. That's the uh, that's Kershaw. That's all those guys. Yep, 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 hundred you know, percent. And Max ain't that guy. I don't know. Hopefully, they add another guy. I don't know if they're gonna add another lefty though. We'll see. I mean, but you it, know what? It, at this point, right now, it's you know, it's crazy. It's three weeks. The pitchers and catchers around that time, and I feel like does anyone want to sign Machado or Harper? Bro, how? Wait. So this is like the whole point. Like I'm talking about before about the Mets. Like how like. How much does it suck that, like, we're sitting here, Harper and Machado are out there. Yeah. Obviously, they're not getting a boatload of money. And we're just, like, the Wilpons are twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, and I, I thought, like, when they first wanted the 10-year deal, I said, you know what? Yeah. That's, that's a little too long. But now everyone's speculating, you know, seven-year max. Why not offer him? Why not offer Harper three years, you know, with an opt-down and, and give him $100 million bucks Yeah. Or, or, or whatever the case may be. Just make an offer. Exactly. Make it. Yeah, what's it right. hurt to make it all? And the best is Wilpon. Remember, did you hear him say, like, two weeks ago with Brody? He's like, oh, we already have a $30 million player. How many teams have more than one? Bro, there's, like, a million teams that have more than one. Exactly. It's, what are you talking uh, about, yeah. you freaking clown? Yeah, you know, and, and that, that that's the one piece that they're missing because Cespedes is not coming back. He's in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's not coming back. He's got no feet. Yeah, I, I like that signing of Jed Lowry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's well, gonna been, play? I I think they're gonna just rotate everybody. I think you yeah. know Alonzo's gonna be coming up in May. Yeah, like, yeah. They want to hold him for the the money, right? Exactly. Cano will play his games here, and he'll probably take a day off. Who knows yeah, about he's thirty five. Yeah, I mean, who knows, yeah. who knows about Fraser? Who knows about him? Bro, Todd, like, I like his attitude and stuff, but like. He, he just wasn't like – he didn't look that good last year. He was hurt, so it's hard to be like, oh, uh, you know, I can't wait for Todd Frazier to play third base. Like, No. Well, you know, honestly, like I'd rather have Lowry. Lowry put up, you know, good numbers last year. He's a solid ball player. Exactly. And Frazier's, that, Frazier's the type of player the Mets are system to having. Yeah. A low batting average guy, boom or bust, home run type of guy. And yeah. You're, and you're not going to win that way, really, not win that many games. No, bro. I mean, the Mets, I don't know about last year, but I think the two years before that, they, like, almost led the league in home runs. You know, they hit a lot of homers, but they don't hit they don't hit the ball in play. They, the but, league is going toward the Red Sox. Exactly. But that's you know? the thing, that If you're going to build your team that way with the home runs, make sure you have guys. Yeah, they, you they, hit home runs. You can't <laughs> just have Frazier, you know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like, Rosario came up. You know, he looks – he you look at him, he looks like a big like a big dude. But, like, the power numbers just went there last year. And I was talking on my – the first episode of the podcast how, you know, when he – like, Met fans compared to the Yankee fans, you know, we, we get a guy comes up. He's no more prospect of baseball. He looks like garbage. Literally, it's like, I, I can't even watch him. Horrible. It's like, am I – are they playing jokes on me or something? They tell me he's got the best prospect? <laughs> what the fuck? I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Well, that, well, that's the thing, too. You got to hope that Alonzo could, could come out and give you 20, 75, something like that. <laughs> yeah, but let's be real, bro. Do we really believe, like, in our heart of hearts, when we're thinking about Alonzo come out, we're thinking, like, God, please just, like, like bat 250. Like, yeah. do us a favor. Just hit the ball. Just hit the ball. Just, just, like, don't make it ever. Don't be like Davis. Like, be hot for two months, and then you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that's, like, you know what's going to happen with that, for sure. Because, no. Bro, 100%. Yeah. For, go ahead. Go ahead. What are you saying? No, I was going to say, too, and, you know, it's just, Especially, I fear that, you know, in the last three years, the main – in the NL East, the, the team to be focused around was the Nationals. Uh-huh. But if Harper is gone from Washington, he's not signing with the Mets. If he, if he happens to sign with Atlanta or Philly, yeah. they both improved over the year. Uh-huh. Now, if either one get Harper, they become the powerhouse, and it's just more of a threat to yeah. the Mets. Yeah, it's true, bro. I mean, we look at it as, like, the Nationals – you know, the Nationals are, are worse off, which, honestly, if you really look at their team, they're not worse off. They have good young players. 100%. You know, that kid that came up last year, I forget what's his name, that kid, the Spanish kid. He's so, he was uh, uh, Robles, right? He was a Robles? 
Yes, yeah, yeah he's a like monster, that. bro. They still got Turner. They got good players. They got good players there. So yeah. it's like they're still good. You know, they're, they it's not worth it for them to sign Harper. And now you got. I think the Phillies are going to sign Harper, so they're better. The the Braves were good last year. So for Brody to hey, listen, I like Brody and I like the attitude and stuff. I think it's a little bit of like a smoke screen the shit he did because it's not really like they spent a lot more money. But for him to say come get us, like come on, dude, are you serious? Like you're talking to Mets fans. We're not stupid. Like we know what's going on. Well, exactly. Too. And then, 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 it, then it's all basically four teams beating up on each other all year. Yeah. It's a tough division. It's going to be tough this year. Yeah. Well, that's what, too. If, if their starting five is not staying healthy, they're not going nowhere like last year. No. And that's and that's the thing I just keep bringing up is, like, the Mets – honestly, the Mets really are, like, the definition of insanity, bro, because they do the same thing over and over, and yep. they expect different results. It's not going to – it's the same thing. You know, they, they come yep. with the staff. They don't have, we don't have a bona fide like like Conforto's our guy like I was saying but he's not like a star you know this is like his year to break so out so hot and cold oh my and god cold. and injuries too. and listen maybe he came back too early last year from that shoulder injury but he's too hot you can't be doing it in September when you're fucking, when you guys are out of it you know what I'm saying and that's the thing you gotta be, you gotta have a little consistency yeah and that's that's what really makes like a major league baseball player you know consistent you gotta be consistent every every week week in week out same thing with Rosario. They don't really have a bona fide center field because Juan Lagares is like a walking, uh, walking injury <laughs> every week. He's yeah, hurt. Yeah, and don't forget too, like Cano's Cano's older now, so yeah. you know Cano is really that only main bat in the lineup. So it would have been great to have Cespedes and him back to back. Oh my god, you got to kind of pitch one of them. So oh, that'd be great. Now, but, but now who's batting behind Cano? Who you, gonna, you know, who, who's going behind? Him? Brandon Nimmo, bro. <laughs> oh god, and like I like Nimmo, but like. Like he's gritty. He, he's a gritty like ball player. Like I don't need to see him run the first every time. But who knows? Maybe he will end up being like a like a Scudero or something. I don't know. Like Scudero was pretty good, or like a Justin Turner. He could be something like that, maybe. Well, that that'd be amazing if he came with Justin Turner. Oh my god, be awesome. But the Mets, like, I feel like when they were gonna trade him, the Mets always get rid of the guy like too soon. Say like Scudero and, and and like uh, Turner, all those guys. They get rid of him too soon, and they blossom somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think Nimmo should be the the leadoff guy next year. You think? I, he's, yeah, he'll probably lead off, right? Lefty, you know, he he takes walks. He's aggressive, you know. He's smart up there. Yeah, I think they already put like the lineup. I think they were talking about what the lineup's gonna look like too already. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know what they. I forgot what they said, but if they're healthy, like we said every year, barring injury, hundred percent healthy, the Mets. Right? I mean, what they went seventy seven games last year. They yeah. they really should be like an eighty seven win team around there eighty five to eighty eight wins, healthy. Yeah. And and that's why I looked before you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But uh, Vegas has the whole NL East all very close to each other in the over unders. Oh really? Yeah, they're all very close. So. All, right, let's talk, all right, let's talk some over unders. Right, we might as well brought up. See what we got here. I got it on my computer here too. Let's see. All right, so the Mets I know are like what eighty uh, Caesars has them eighty three and a half. Yeah, see, wow, that's low. Huh? And I, I think that's low too, but they're just going off as the exact same team as last year in a way. Yeah. And yes, they added a bullpen, but they they have no big bat. So yeah, well, it, is, know, it is very early too. It is, but we saw how many times last year where these guys pitching mm-hmm. going to the seventh inning, eighth inning with zero runs that offensively. Hmm. So if the Grom gives up one run, he gets the loss. You know that, that that's gonna happen him. a lot. I took. Uh... I think you took it last year too. Did you take the Mets last year? I took them over eighty-two last year. Yes, I did. Lost. <laughs> and then, and then I think like your dad took the Yankees, right? You took the Yankees under. The Yankees under, yeah. Yeah, that was like ninety-six. And I took also the year before that. I took the Mets over eighty-seven, and I got destroyed on that destroyed, one too. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I mean, this year I, I, you know, if I had to pick over under, I would definitely go with the over on that. Yeah, that's why I think so. Just for the bounce back year, Mickey uh, Dalloway's due for a good year. I mean, um, I mean, six, listen, they got to be six wins better. Can it, the Mets win six more games? That's the question. Yeah. And I think that with the pieces that they have added, that that is at least six wins. I mean, the, 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 let's not forget that. They could have won an extra 20 games if, if they would have scored one or two runs. Yeah. That is pretty sick to think about that. You know, so just, just that in itself would have made you go into the playoffs. Yeah. All right. You know what? Let's do this. So how about this? We'll have a little fun. We'll take – you have it in front of you? You got the over-unders in front of you? Yeah, yes. Okay. We'll do – I have, like, the Caesars over-unders. So, it's very early. It's February. Pitchers and catches haven't started yet. So, we'll do – we'll give each other, say – we want to do three or five? We'll do three. Okay. We'll do three over-unders each. 
we'll, when we come back together, maybe in like March, when all the injuries happen, and like Harper and like Machado, maybe if they sign by March, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> we'll do we'll 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 change them if we have to. And then we'll put like we'll put a couple of dollars on the side, me and you, and we'll see how we do through the year. So why don't you go first? You give me your over under, okay. who it is, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll write that down, and then I'll give you mine. They give me yours, and we'll go back and forth. Okay, so my team one is the Mets over. Oh, shocker. Okay, okay Mets, Mets over. over. You might as well give me you give me all yours then. I'll just yeah, I'll give you all. Are you writing it down? You writing yours down? Yes. Okay, good. Cause I'm a pen. <laughs> I am going with the Cardinals over. Car was at 88 eight and a half. Yes, it's 88 and a half. That's high, dude. It is, but they don't forget they added Goldschmidt, which is going to be huge. Yeah, who's their pitcher for who's pitching for them? They got some guys from like and, and they added Andrew Miller, which is going to be a big. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's what I meant sure to got, but they're too cheap. Don't know, you know, Goldschmidt's a huge bat, man. People he is, know, he's a huge bat, he's perfect for that team. Oh, pro, 100%. Like, he's not like a diva. He goes out, he grinds. That's like the Cardinals when you think about them. Cardinals always are grinding. They're always going to be right there. And I feel like yeah. being a, a, an all-star first baseman. And bro, it's a great, and that's a a great team. Closer, you, yeah. They'll be right there. So yeah, That's with, a great great franchise to play for. And, like, Chris Bryant, you know, he said that stuff for St. Louis. Like, he would never play St. Louis. It's too boring. Who the hell would yeah. like, like, bro, you're a fucking clown, dude. Like, that's one of the greatest <laughs> franchises to play for. He's going to get destroyed when he goes there. That's for sure. 100%. And then one more. I'm going to go with... So, Cardinals over, Mets over. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to pick the Dodgers under 95. Wow. Dodgers 95? I'm surprised. Under. They just tra- – oh, under, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's going to be under. They I, they traded so many guys away. That's what I mean. They traded Puig. They traded a couple of bats. You know, it's – They traded Kemp, yeah. Kemp, you know. It's yeah. not the- you know, I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna get Harper for that. I thought that's why they that, did that. That's what I thought too. I mean, unless they get Harper, they can change. But as of right now, I would say under. I feel like the Mets are building their team like the Dodgers. You know how they have like Pitching, really like yeah. a lot of depth. Yeah. yeah. And like every week you have like a different guy playing, but they don't have a Bellinger. You know. Well, that's you know. Like, we don't have that. Like we're missing that. That's why they're rated ninety-five. Exactly. We're 80, 80, was it? 80 and a half. Eighty-three and a half. All right. All right. So, so what are your three? All right, I'm gonna go with. There's some tough ones on here. I tell you, that. you know, what? I'm gonna go with the Nationals under 88 and a half. Okay, I like that's that. a high number. I feel like it is 88. And the first year about Harper, I feel like that's gonna shock them. Yeah, and I honestly think no Harper. And obviously Murphy left halfway through, but yeah, Murphy's there. Murphy's not there. No, is Zimmerman retired? Uh, that's a good question. I I mean, even if he's not, it's like the same thing. <laughs> he's retired or not. He's the same but it's kid. still, it, it's another, it's another year. At, uh, yeah, being in, and also too, Harper's not in that lineup, so people could pitch away from him a little. Okay, bit, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I'm tempted to take the Phillies, but I feel like it's not fair because we don't know if Harper signed there yet. So I'll wait. I won't do that. Okay. <laughs> so I will. T- wow. You know what? I want? The Rangers are seventy wins. The Rangers. Oh my god, it's so low. Royal sixty nine. Tired. Some teams are gonna stick this year, huh? Yeah, I, I think they said the Baltimore Orioles were one of the lowest numbers they've ever seen. 59. That's insane. If Buck was still coaching there, I would take the over. But he's not there anymore. He's not okay, there. I'm going to take – I'm going to take – oh, you know what I'm take? I'm going to take the Brewers over, over 83 and a half. Okay. I can't believe 83 I like and a half. I like 80, that. Is that correct? 83 and a half? How's yeah. that right? Yeah, that's what I see too, actually. 83 and a half. Well, we're going to go back to him anyways. They won 96 games last year. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll take that. And then the last one I'm going to take is – you know what? I'm going to take this one because I'm, I'm rooting for – as much as I like could stand, I'm rooting for Harvey and I'm rooting for Trout. Bro. I want Trout to make the playoffs. I'm taking over 83 and a half for the Angels. Mm, it's about time the Angels could step up, though. Dude, how are they wasting this guy's like life? It's just, it's insane. Like, I would thought he would have been – you know, complaining every day. No, he doesn't. He's like the man. He he said, "I'm ready to wait until they're ready to win." Like, but he's going. I think he's leaving for the Phillies in a few years, without doubt. Really, bro. He's a, he's grew up in Philly. He grew up in South Jersey. He he has a. I read that he has season tickets. Well, he has season tickets to Eagles, but I read that like he still texts his dad like every night. It's like, yo, the Phillies pulled it out tonight. Like, he talks about the Phillies. Oh, and he's still wow. a fan of them. That's... Yeah, like it's like us. If we beat the majors, like yo, the Mets tonight were hot. Like. Wow, that, that that's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, so that's like pretty like he literally like like you know how you have like friends that are really good at baseball? Yes. And they like but they don't watch baseball? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like, oh, I don't really watch it, like, because they're so invested in the yeah. game. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, how are you so fucking good? You don't watch baseball. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just like, I'm at my trainer all the time. <laughs> I never understood that. But, like, Trout, like, grew up just loving the Phillies, and he's just the best player ever since, like, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I would definitely agree he's, he's ridiculous. All right, so what do we got? So you're taking the... I got the Mets over, I got the Cardinals over, and okay. I got the Dodgers under. under. And I took the... You took the Brewers over, okay. the Nationals under, uh-huh. and the... Uh, did you say the Phillies? No, I didn't say the Phillies. I took the... What was it? Uh, oh, uh... Oh, it was over, wasn't it? I should have wrote it down. It would be nice for me to do that. The Angels over. Oh, Angels, yeah. Angels over, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I took that over. And, uh, all right, so we'll get back together on that. We'll see how we feel about that. And uh, we'll see who signs, because it's crazy. I don't know why signing right now. It's ridiculous. Don't even get me started. That's I mean, nuts. Yeah, especially with Harper and Machado. That's two game-changer guys. So. It's really crazy. Well, the Mets, like... That's like the thing they're missing the most, bro. Like today, Aaron Judge was like, "I'll play center field." Yeah, Harper. Like, like what? Like the what? Dude, what part of the stand? Like, if they were to get Harper right now, they would be like forgiven for everything they've ever done. It would be just lock it up. It's like you're fine. We love you. Like you're the best owners ever. Like, I know he's not like the like he's a little overrated, but he's better than we have. He's He's better than what we have. Exactly. He's a power lefty bat with great attitude. He's fired up. Yeah, he's got energy, bro. And That's he crushes that city field. That's like, you know, like, I always keep bringing back that 2015 year with Cespedes. He was so jacked up, you know. Oh, my God, dude. The you were at those, you went to those World Series games, right? Yeah, I went to game five where they lost. And, oh, you know, shit. With Duda throwing that. Oh, God. Duda, bro, Duda doesn't get enough blame. I don't know. He's, he's a clown. They blame everyone else. I understand, but, like, it was mainly his fault, too, with that throw. Did you go in the game where Cespedes hit that bomb? Bomb, bomb. You were there. Yes. Oh my yes, god, bomb. dude! The energy in the crowd was that like dude, liftoff. Oh my god, liftoff. yo! I went to the one where we played Kershaw game four. I took one with my dad, and Murphy hit the hit the bomb. He continued his like streak. Yes. It was like, what is going he on? Was right unbelievable. Now? Oh, dude, that was like the greatest postseason run ever. Yeah, I can't believe Murphy's gone too. It's just like, where did he go? He went to uh Colorado. That's a good spot for him. It is. He'll hit, he might hit like 35 home runs. Especially with Arenado there. You Soon. know, they, they and Blackman, they have a good lineup. Future Yankee, Arenado coming up. Oh, God. Please. All right, so let me ask you since uh, the biggest day just passed the other day, what did you think of Super Bowl? Oh, man. I... As my fellow Jet uh, miserable bastard, you know? <laughs> I mean, still. So... This is what I think of it. Like, call me crazy, but I think of it as, as a Jeff fan, you can say you had to play against the best quarterback coach tandem in the history of NFL in the last 17 years in your yeah. own di- in your own division. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so great, great to say. <laughs> no, no, no. So I'm trying to say like you know. Yeah. I, it was so like you know we had no we, chance like we never had we, a chance we, we had no chance like growing yeah. up like our years of being Jeff fans the last seventeen years we had no chance we had the, we were going up against the best quarterback and coach tandem yeah and we were just and like other than us being incompetent as well as a team other than like the Rex years we had and like honestly that's why I loved Rex because Rex kind of gave us like an identity it was like yo screw Belichick put us on the map yeah like stick them up your ass those rings and like look what happened we went to those title games and we we were one of the only teams that really beat them in the playoffs the last ten years. But it's like, dude, I was saying this the other day. Like, how is there nobody to beat that can beat this team? Like, no nobody goes out. It's like, let's take them out. I, I was listening to – I forgot who it was. It was Phil Sims or somebody. They were just – teams just – teams should look at what the Giants did in 07. Yeah. And yeah. 2011. And even what the Jets did where they play – Corners play press coverage. They bump them off the line. Yeah, and they get the interior defensive alignment up the middle. But that's the key. You know, if that's you're how not, you be brave. If, yeah, if you're not if you're not pushing element off the line, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, that's what I don't get either. He plays the slop. It's like you're telling me, like when Revis, is one of the best ever, obviously. But like, you're th- basically corners are not either they don't want to do with the good corners or they're not skilled enough to bump this guy in the line. The exactly. Slot. How many and, times we see that little out he catches? And the thing is, with Brady getting rid of the ball with under two seconds every time, you just have to lay little contact on Edelman. Oh, my God. whole route up. Oh, my God. Dude, it is a jo- Like, listen, I watched, we watched the game. I, we knew it was going to happen, bro. I had the freaking Patriots, too. It was an yeah, easy no, no, me too. But me a joke. Too, like, 
The Rams, bro. Jared Goff, bro. Donald, Donald shits on Goff. I mean, I I can't believe how good their defense played. Yeah, that's like what they paid for. They were hoping like to get like Marcus Peters played the best game of his career. When like when Brady threw that pick the first quarter and then Goskowski missed that field goal, I, I thought they like, were trouble. Here we go. Yeah, like I thought like, it felt like the jet kind of felt like that jet game they played them where yes. like he threw the pick and like we were playing yes. good D. It's like oh man, this game's feeling yes. different, you know. Or or, but, or or even last year when you felt like you know like New England was letting Philadelphia. You know, yeah, so he let him hang around. Where, yeah, where Philadelphia just took it over. And I thought like Rams are wild. They might take this game now, bro. Once you hang around with New England, like I think the thing is like teams getting the games with them. And when things don't go the way, it's like, all right, we're done. It's the Patriots. We're screwed. But when they, like, hang around with them and get confidence, it's like, all right, we could play with these guys. And then it's like, all right, it's not the Patriots anymore. It's just another team, you know? And the Rams, they, they couldn't move the ball an inch. If they could have no, moved nothing. the ball a little bit, that, that penalty in the beginning was bullshit on Roby Coleman. Oh, my God. Horrible. Oh, horrible. They tried to, like, fix that error, like, a week later. But, you, but you know what's crazy, too? I feel like uh, maybe Brady or, you know, they kind of get – Flat-footed in all the Super Bowls too, because yeah. I feel like if that was a regular season game, the Lincoln's putting up thirty points. Oh, without doubt, dude. They've only scored was it nine Super Bowls they've been to? They've only scored three points in the first quarter. Yeah, that was the first. What I mean, they, they come out so flat always, and, and they have two weeks to prepare. And, yeah, you know the. the the week before against Kansas City, they put up 40 points. The week before that against the Chargers, they put up 30 with, with ease. Dude. Um, like, they're going to put up points against this Rams. Bro, team. and the Rams played the Chiefs. You know, they scored how many points was that shootout in regular season? The yeah. Rams are no schmucks. Like I was saying on the last segment, bro, the Ra- I didn't know this. The Rams are the 11th highest scoring offense in the history of football. Wow. Like, can you believe that? Like, Belichick, that's why to me, Belichick, like Brady, obviously, the GOAT, he, you know, they didn't do it without him. But to me, Belichick's the more important one, bro. Because 100%. he shuts people down, dude. Even when he was at the Giants, when he did to the Bills, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't around for that. But people talk about like that was one of the greatest defensive games ever called. He shuts teams down completely. He figures figures out where your weakness is, and he goes after it. But it's such a smart game plan. What he does, he doubles up the number one receiver, and then his top cornerback is on the number two guy. Exactly. Who up. Yeah, and the Rams really don't have like Brandon Cooks is good. He's a deep threat. That's all yeah, he, he should have made that cash because I had the freaking – I had the, the prop <laughs> that he would, he would score the first touchdown for them. I was so mad, bro. Dude, I had Gronk first touchdown when he got tackled. Oh, he's on the one? Wait, but I took – a little side note. I took a, a prop bet. It was like plus 1,300 second half, uh, Sony Michelle first touchdown. So, oh, I, scored, wow. I put 20 bucks on it. I won $400 on it. Oh, wow. But I had it. Gronk, too. So, I was mad that Gronk didn't score. And then I wasn't in the room when he scored with Michelle. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. I won. Like, you know? So, I was hoping for the Cooks one. Oh, wow. And, and, I, and honestly, he should have had that ball. Yeah. I, I was saying how, like, you know, if that's like Randy Moss, like a great receiver, they make that catch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other one was a bad throw by Goff, but. I mean, I don't know what the hell Goff was doing the second throw. What an idiot. What a stupid throw that oh, was. Oh, man. And then, and even that interception Goff threw, he was just – Yeah. Like he, he just bro, threw it in the bag. Oh, my God. He just stood there and took sacks all day. I was actually shocked New England kicked that field goal at the end of the game. Uh, Wait. Oh, inches. my God. Bro, how many t- – yo, how many people lost money yes. on that kick? My uh, – our, our boy, shout out Steve Santa, they won 19K on that. That's insane. Bro. They were, he said he was blown at the TV, hoping the ball would go on left. And but, then I, but but then even Greg Zorline missing that field goal. How, how, like, how did he miss that field goal? I think he like kind of ran out there, and it was kind of, it was kind of like a we lost anyway, so let me just like, kick the shit. It, yeah, like, yeah, kick, kick the it. shit out of his ball. He's a fucking like, bro. Whoever bet, whoever had zero three, because they could have just went for it on fourth and inches, was shitting themselves. Right? No, they didn't have to kick that field goal in New England. So the three three gets it, and then at the end when Zerlin goes out there to make it six three, people had to be going crazy. Oh, I had to be going nuts. And, oh, and, and for God. sure I was like, this guy's gonna drill it. And then when he missed it, I was like, oh my god. And that was it. The game was over. Obviously, the game was over. I was I, I was surprised they even went for a field goal, but then I guess like you know eight seconds if you're trying to. But that's the too. They, but even when New England, they were up by, they were up by seven. Yeah. And it was up fourth, seven fourth and inches. I mean, it was not even a link. Not even close. Wait for the first down. Yeah. And I was like, pretty quarterback sneak, sneak to end the game. That is kind of risky, dude. Yeah. Think about it. Because if he misses that field goal, yeah. seven points, and they got the ball in like the 40 yard line. With, yeah, a, with, a, like... with a minute 20 to go and the, the momentum's yeah. their way. And he already missed one. Exactly. And, and he just barely made that field goal. Yeah, the other one. Yeah, you're right. So. Oh, man. Yeah, but well, you know what? That's why Brady. That's why Belichick's Belichick, bro. Exactly. <laughs> he you know, knows what's up. Until something goes wrong, then we got to complain. Exactly, and you know what? Brady already said, like he's playing like three more years. 
They had uh, the odds come out for next year. The biggest joke, bro, ESPN put the Rams as the number one team for next year. All right, so I saw the odds this morning or was it last night. I looked at um, the Super Bowl 2019 yeah. uh, odds. Who was it? And Kansas City was number one. Really? How do you leave New England out yeah, when they go there every year? Like, what is wrong? Do they do this on purpose? It's it and it, it's so funny how like every playoff game this year for New England, everyone's like, "There's no way New England's winning this game." Like everyone kept doubting them out, and it oh, would be the year that like, they win it all. Bro, I'm a little. The Jets were like, I think the Jets are like eighty to one. They have like terrible odds. They got yeah. bad odds. I saw it. The I, saw nine, like, I saw ninety to one. Ninety one, which is a joke because like I mean, I guess those come out before you sign free agents. But the Jets, I think, will be like competitive next year. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. We're gonna get back together toward the end of the month. We're gonna get everybody together. We're gonna do like a. Free agency like uh, pod and get all the clowns in Definitely. there. About it. Definitely. But uh, real quick, before we end this podcast, I, I meant to ask you this before. Give me the Mets MVP this year, the best pitcher. So give me the MVP for pitching, MVP for hitting, and wow. give me most surprise guy. On the Mets? Yeah, on the Mets. Wow. Um. All right. Well, I don't. I don't want to be boring and pick the Grom. So I'm going to go with uh, Syndergaard's due for a big year. Okay. Syndergaard's due for a big. I'm not saying the Grom's not going to have a big year, but yeah. I well, think, I've come off the side of his heart, you know. I think Thor is. Uh, he's due. The last two years. He's locked injuries and loaded. Injuries and this and that. I think he's due for a month. He's ready. He's locked and loaded, baby. Um, best hitter. I'm going to go with. Um, oof. I think Conforto's ready. Okay. I think he's ready. He had a he ended twenty eighteen great. Season he's ready. He's got the uh he's got his mojo back. Yeah, I think he's <laughs> fully healthy. I think he had a he st- he started off last year a little rocky and then he midway through and okay. but at the end of the year he got hot. All right. And um, who's the surprise guy gonna be? Who's the guy who's gonna have either just a, a year that no one expected? No one expected. Um I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Wheeler. Wheeler, Wheeler. Wheeler coming in north of. I think Wheeler's gonna have to get it north of twelve wins for us Ooh. to make the playoffs. Yeah, like 50, 14, 15. Yeah, because you know to make to make the playoffs, you need three good pitches. Yeah, three good guys up there. So. It is true, bro. Like you know what? I think like if he if he it's funny because if he only like gets like nine ten wins, we could resign him. If he gets like fifteen, he's gone. Oh, 100%. 100%. It's like we can't afford you guys, you know? But you know what? As a, as a ball club, you want to get to that 90 win range. You need three pitchers that are ready yeah, exactly. to get you 15 wins. Exactly. And we use my trade bait if we're not doing anything during the year. Exactly. Well, well so. yeah, no, that's you also. All right. Listen, thanks for coming on. I know. No, thank uh, you for having me. Stay disgruntled. And uh, I'll have you on again, and we'll talk some more uh, some more baseball. We'll get some Jet going in March, all right? 100%. You better believe it. All right, brother. Talk have to a, you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. All right. That was my cousin, Dom. I want to thank him for coming on. I know, it was, uh, you know he's got a young baby girl trying to sleep there late night for him. But I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, he'll be on more often. We're going to talk some more Jets. He's a big Jet guy, so you'll be hearing a lot of him. I want to thank everybody for listening. Sorry about my cold been battling, so I know I sound a little sniffly there, but uh, you know, I'm trying with these microphones to pick up everything. Uh, I want everyone to know, you know, you can find us on all major platforms right now, Spotify, the Anchor app, which is awesome. That's what I'm using right now. And feel free, DM, DM us, you know, write in the comment section, Disgruntled Fans Anonymous, Instagram. I want to answer some questions. You want to air a grievance with me, whatever. I'll bring it up on the pod. It's fine. We're going to have more people on every week. Just people just like you, fans of the pod. So, uh, yeah, so thanks for listening. Share, like, tell your boys, tell your husbands, ladies, tell everybody. Also, I'm sorry we didn't get to Knicks this week. We'll get to that next week. We're going to talk some Yankees, too. Uh, Like I said, all you disgruntled fans out there, keep the faith. Don't worry. Talk to you next week. Thanks.